I'll tell you why It's a Wonderful Life is one of my favorite movies, because at first glance, it seems really uncomplicated. A happy film with a nice little happy ending where everything's wrapped up in a bow at the end. But really, that's not what that movie is all about. It's about a story about a guy named George, and he needs his hope in God, in himself, and in others restored. Now, don't get me wrong, I do like my happy endings, but what I really love about George is that he reminds us in this month of December that there is a dark side to life, too. And he faces real adversities, just like we all do, and shows us that despite them, that God has made us to live wonderful lives, independent of outside circumstances. And that really is the definition of biblical hope. So It's a Wonderful Life burst onto the big screen in December of 1943. The United States had just concluded the second year engaged in World War II and appalling over the nation as a heart-sick family somberly anticipated vacant seats at the family dinner table on Christmas Day. And in walks George Bailey, who at one time had his whole life planned out. It was looking good, and through circumstances that demand more than he ever dreamed of himself, his big dreams, he felt failed. He never leaves his hometown of Bedford Falls. And here we have George wrapped in the tangles of daily struggle. We find this George who we're typically used to seeing, this guy who has this lust for life. Everybody loves him. He's a shirt off your back, help anybody in need, smile on his face. But that's not the George we saw here. Soon we'll see George in the movie standing on a snow-covered bridge alone in cold darkness on Christmas Eve and he contemplates actually taking his own life. It has been said, in the times of greatest adversities in our lives, those experiences we could never have predicted that cause us such pain and hardship, almost to the point of breaking us, that the light of Jesus can shine the brightest, his hope making all the difference. So in the opening scene of Frank Capra's movie, it introduces us to the timeless truth, which is that there is always darkness in the world, darkness and light. Yet no matter what is going on in our lives, God is not only aware of it, but God is intervening for us, has the resources and the people to help us through it. And scripture is quite clear about the fact that our God who loves us is moved by our prayers. For George Bailey, the answer to his desperate prayer in the dark came in the form of that old, unkept but kind old gentleman Clarence, an angel just trying to earn his wings. Even Clarence doesn't have it all together. And yet he knew that God's greatest gift is a person's life. And Clarence had to be an ambassador of hope to George. So the question arises, how about us? Are we ambassadors of hope? 
You know, without question, in the day and age in which we live, there is tremendous darkness in the world. We have only to watch our daily world news reports, and one doesn't have to listen too long in order to see conflict and evil are alive and well, and dare I say it, almost accepted. So terrorists and ISIS are now household words. Crime is here at home. Shooters claim innocent lives every day. And our children and youth are bullied on social media to the point that the highest rate of suicide has now hit the age group of 10 to 14 years old. So with all the beauty of the season, which has its starlit night and angels singing and wise men bearing gifts, we may be surprised to discover that when Jesus was born, the time was really no different. King Herod, the king of the Jews, he knew the prophecy that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem, but he didn't know when. The wise men came looking for the Messiah and they stopped at King Herod's place. And he knew for sure, as wise as they were, that surely they would find where the Messiah was to be born. So he lied to them. And he told them that when, he, when they found the child, they should let him know so he too could come and worship the new king. And yet, in truth and in darkness, Herod wanted to kill the baby Jesus. The wise men saw right through Herod's plan, took a different route home, it tells us in scripture, to avoid him, risking their own lives. They departed from Bethlehem after finding Joseph and Mary and baby Jesus. And soon after they left, God appeared to Joseph in a dream, telling him to get up right away, take Mary and Jesus to Egypt right away because Herod was searching for Jesus to take his life. When Herod saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, he was enraged. He ordered the death of all children under the age of two years old. What an atrocity. Not until Herod's death did God appear to Joseph once again in a dream and tell him to go to the land of Israel all amid the joy of the Christ's long-awaited birth, the hope of God's people, God's Son, Jesus Christ, sent to save us, mingled with tears of joy, our tears of sorrow. And the Bible acknowledges what we all experience in this life, that our lives are filled with both triumph and tragedy, intertwined so closely at times that they seem hard to separate. So what is the church to do? Our church acknowledges that there is goodness and light and kindness and peace that is built on a firm foundation of faith and hope and love of Jesus. While we also acknowledge that it's a tough world out there and we look for ways that we can be light in darkness. It's why we're involved in a ministry to feed those who are hungry in our four deacon food deliveries. Next Saturday, over 35 families in need will be blessed. 
as our folks walk through their doors with food. It's why we send off three mission trips a year, those who range from age 13 up into their 80s till you can't travel anymore. Those who know the pain of not having their own home and need our mission trippers to come and to help build one, or perhaps those who live in unlivable homes that once restored can create new family traditions. Or how about camps that are the quickest to be cut, property worrying about if the camps will survive, and 40 of us go every May to do hard labor and to pray as we go, anticipating the children that will come. It's why we're involved in the neighborhood and community, the city, the state, worldwide mission, to help spread the love of Jesus to a world in need of faith and hope and love like never before. It is why we follow Jesus, not alone, but together. And it's why we're committed to our children and youth in this place. It's why we feature a kid every Sunday in your bulletin so you get to know how amazing our children are, how much they have to teach us, and how much we have to give to them. And it's why we have worship and Bible studies and music and prayer groups and all kinds of opportunities to grow in our faith so we can become caring and engaged in the ministry that Jesus Christ entrusted to us. When he tells us still to follow him, to be his hands and his feet, his face, his reflection, showing us that this mission station we call Rosedale Gardens Presbyterian Church, that each one of us, each one of our lives matters, can make a difference in the lives of those we serve, a light in the darkness. So in our movie clip this morning, we see George like we haven't seen him before. It's Christmas Eve and he finds himself on the brink of financial ruin. He's beside himself. He comes through the door like a tornado. First time we've seen him like that with his wife and his kids, he's distraught. He leaves the house in despair. His eight-year-old daughter, Janie, asks her mother as he slams the door to leave if she should pray for her dad. And mom looks at her and says, yes, Janie, pray hard. In the next moment, we see George seated at the counter of Martini's bar, gulping down a shot of whiskey. He's at his wit's end, completely distraught. And the self-effacing prayer he offers is this, in case you didn't hear it. God, God, dear Father in heaven, I'm not a praying man, but if you're up there and you can hear me, show me the way. I'm at the end of my rope. Show me the way, God. What a simple prayer offered with a sincere need for God. And George admits that he's usually not a praying man, aware that he is not deserving of what he seeks, yet he is vulnerable and he is desperate. He's in need of God's intervention, knowing that he can't move on without God. And don't miss it in this scene. It's the very picture of an authentic prayer 
We worry about our prayers. Are the words big enough, moving enough? Do they strike a cadence when in reality, God loves all our prayers, especially those ones from the heart like George's? Jimmy Stewart was interviewed about the movie and about that particular scene in the bar, and this is what he said. As I said those words, I felt the loneliness and hopelessness of people who had nowhere to turn, and my eyes were filled with tears. I broke down sobbing. This was not planned at all. But the power of that prayer, the realization that our Father in heaven is there to help the hopeless, had reduced me to tears. It was also known that when the movie producer approached Jimmy Stewart, he had just come back from World War II. He told him he was suffering from post-traumatic and he didn't feel he was ready after he read the script to be in that particular scene. And it was Lionel Barrymore who played the evil Mr. Potter who convinced Jimmy Stewart that the role was made for him and that it would be honoring those veterans who had come back and who were trying to rebuild their lives. And then Jimmy Stewart said yes. By the movie's end, George concludes that his life, although complicated by financial woes, was nonetheless very worthwhile. He had, if he had never been born, the lives of countless people would have been deprived of a wonderful life. And the difference one life makes is impossible to measure at such great depths. You see, this isn't only true in the Bible or in a classic Christmas movie. The intersecting threads and the tapestry of history cannot be ignored. One life is intrinsically connected to the lives of many others. Those you influ influence actually end up influencing others. And because God was so involved in the decision that you be born, Believe God is still actively involved in your life. Never minimize the importance of your life. Life is God's greatest gift to us all, so much so that God sent Jesus to show us how to live it from this life to eternal life. And that's biblical hope. It reminds us in adversity that we can have hope still that we were created to have wonderful lives of meaning and purpose, even in the midst of darkness. That the love and the hope that comes from Emmanuel, God with us, that is a deep and inner certainty, just as real as a baby kicking in a mother's womb, that God will fulfill what God has spoken. Hope is the inner assurance that against all odds, in spite of our adversities, God's kingdom will come and God's will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Even in the most unlikely of places, like a Bethlehem stable, a family on the run for survival in a dark night in Egypt, in the most unlikely of people like poor Mary or Joseph far from home, or us George Bailey's. George Bailey, who with his little tiny savings and loan made it possible for the entire folks in that town to actually buy a little house to live in. 
Instead of the big skyscrapers he dreamed of building, he built people. One of the reasons It's a Wonderful Life is a favorite Christmas movie for countless people is because so many can identify with the main character, with George. George was an average guy. He didn't come from a wealthy family. He didn't excel in sports. He wasn't a celebrity, but he loved people. And he unwrapped each day as a gift to be enjoyed. He didn't take life for granted. He earned people's trust. His good-natured personality, his community involvement won him many lifetime friends. If you've seen the movie at the very end when the bell rings, there's a little note from Clarence to George. And that little note reads, if you have true friends, you will always be rich. So George dreams, they weren't limited to visiting faraway places. He dreamed of making something of himself, his mark on the world in Genesis chapter one refers to that kind of mark-making drive as us being made in the image of God, alive to life. We have a desire to make our mark upon this world because Jesus has left his mark upon us. And just like George, we too picture a better world. Envision it as a peaceful place where families, like the ones we grew up in, can taste the sweet nectar of life health and home, education and safety, freedom of worship and friendships. And we also see through the empty life of George, George's dollar-driven competitor, Mr. Potter, who created less than a wonderful life with his constant hardship and invoking it upon all those around him. George proves to himself and to everybody else in town that we have a better approach to our opportunities, as well as to the adversities in places along our path in this life. We are to live out our hope that Emmanuel, God, is with us. And then the question is how, so I'll leave you with this. If you want a really great Christmas this year, you should enter into the spirit of the one who came into our world to work at human burdens, who calls us to do the same. I propose that we take on a burden that we could easily avoid in a person we know in our life. Take on some problem that is not your own. Relieve someone's pain, if just for a while, by carrying his or her heavy heart. Place food on someone's table, and you'll place mercy in that person's life. Love people, unwrap each day as a gift to be enjoyed, and as you do, hope will come to you in ways it never has before. Real hope that gets you out of bed in the morning, lays your head down to sleep at night in peace. That is Christ's hope, and the Bible promises that he and his hope live in us. It may be as bright as an angel's song or as unpretentious as a sleeping baby, but it will come because Christmas is for Christ, working in the world through us. And because he does, we too can rise 
to meet the challenges of this day. May you be blessed in knowing that Jesus is your hope and know that hope is the backbone to every dream that you have. And hope is the bright shining star appearing in the middle of your darkest hour. So I leave us both with a question. What hope do you feel Jesus has planted in your life this morning? Amen.